remember the pastor, his name was Dwayne Miller. He was uh, in his church, it was a rather large church. They had two services in the morning and one on Sunday evening. He wasn't feeling the greatest when he woke up that one particular Sunday morning. And he spoke the first, he shared the first service. And then uh, he told his leadership group in between services, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to speak. But he did it anyway. As he continued on that day, he felt a, a pressure and a restriction on his vocal cords. And after that service, he, uh, he told him, he said, I gotta go home and go to bed. I can't speak tonight. You guys are gonna have to be able to cover it. When he woke up the next morning, he had this uh, raspy voice, couldn't clear his throat, couldn't get rid of it, just felt like he said he had pressure on his cords all the time. This went on for a really long time. He went to uh, 63 different doctors, many of which had teams. So in total, there was over 200 doctors that had looked at him. They couldn't figure anything out. He had to leave the church he was at, the ministry. He said, I can't even, if I don't have a voice, I can't, because it really hurt him to speak. If I don't have a voice, then how can I possibly pastor? They moved to Houston. His wife got a job in Houston. And they went to this church and and one particular Sunday morning, the Sunday school teacher uh, was sick. So they asked him to fill in. And this was a denominational church where they already had the Sunday school lessons already laid out for him. And this particular day, they asked him to share on Psalm 103. And I'm going to play a brief audio of this for you. You can hear what takes place as he's reading scripture. And mind you, this has been after several years of a restriction. And he, before he accepted, he it was like, you know, he reluctantly said, you know, how am I possibly going to speak? And so they hooked up a microphone so they could, so the people could actually hear him when he was speaking. And they actually, there's no video of this. It's an, only an audio of this recording because they did it for people that would miss and they wanted to be able to hear the lesson. So Jake's going to play that for you right now. That there causes a misinterpretation of scripture. That's wrong. On the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again, is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. One of his benefits is he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had and you have had in times past pit experiences. We've both had We've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. (sighs) 
And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. Huh? Huh? I know the audience Cordy wasn't the greatest, but when he read that verse, he redeemed me from a pit. And they interviewed him later on. He now travels the country, and he wrote a book all about this. They said when he said he redeemed me from the pit, he said that pressure that had been on his throat for over a year completely released. And this man had gone through bouts of depression, times where he didn't even want to get out of bed because he felt like the only thing he ever could do in life was to share the word of the Lord, and now he couldn't even do that. So when he read that verse, when he redeemed me from a pit, his voice released as you continue on, if you look at it there, you can YouTube, it's called Dwayne Miller, but you can see the audio comes through, and he, and he just continues, he's like, I, he goes, I feel like I'm at a loss for words, but he just, then once he composed himself, you can hear people rejoicing in the background and so forth, because they could see what had physically had just happened. Right before their eyes, the Lord healed him as he was reading the scripture, and the only thing he knew to do is, he just kept on reading in, in that chapter, he said, what else can I do, but to continue, continue to read? For the last couple weeks, the Lord's been really stirring in me a time for us to have a time of deliverance. Because he still is a miracle-working God. One of the things that he mentions in there is that some people think that, that the healing is not for today at all. And we know that's not the case. We thank you, Lord, that you are a miracle-working God. And we believe in the name of Jesus that you are already healed. So if there is something today that you desire to have deliverance for, whether it be as a physical thing, whether it's an emotional thing, something in your relationships, whatever it is, today is your day. Now, I don't want you to wait for us to sing this song for 20 minutes because we're not going to. Step out in faith. If you want to come forward, either you can want to be by yourself or you want pastor or someone else to pray with you, I would encourage you today is your day for deliverance. Come forward. Don't continue to walk in that or, or accept that as your lot anymore. But this song says, we believe you're the God of miracles. The one who made the blind to see is moving here in front of me. Moving here in front of me. One who made the deaf to hear, silencing my everything, silencing my everything.
I didn't know what was going to be by the morning again. And um, anyhow, uh, there was hours there. And uh, all of a sudden, uh, I decided to lay back down. I got up this morning. I was shaking. It was so hard to walk. And uh, uh, the Lord put somebody on my heart, and I called them to, to whatever it was that I felt that they needed. And I just kept going, and I thought, no, I want to go. I want to go because there's something I want to say after. But And I just kept moving, and on my way, I got in the car, and I thought I hadn't even driven for a few days, and I was really shaky to, to start to even start out in the car. And um, I got part way, and all of a sudden, I was listening and singing with one of those songs I have in my tape. And all of a sudden, it's just like I had got here in no time, but all of a sudden, I just started praising the Lord and thanking the Lord, and I could just feel the strength coming back in my, my legs and, and my whole body, my mind, and everything that the Lord was speaking to me. And so he's right on. You're right on, Clark, as far as that, because that's what we keep seeing. We keep seeing that this God that we serve is a marvelous God. He does. He does heal. He still heals. It's us. We have to believe him, and we have to believe who he is. It's not believe, okay, I'm going to get healed. It's believe who he is, and as I was praising him, that's how I got, got to feeling better. All of a sudden, I had such strength. And uh, before I couldn't even walking, my heel, everything would hurt so bad. And I was like one of these little old ladies. <laughs> but, um, but anyhow, praise the Lord. That's, that's he got me here and got me here so quick because I didn't leave home until something after 10 by the time I was trying to move slow, you know, and, and still in the, getting in the car like that. But uh, the Lord is good. He's merciful, and his patience, his love endures forever. Yes. So we can't out-give God. We just keep giving this. This is all he wants. This is all he wants, is this heart and this life, you know. And I thank you. Did you hear what she said? She didn't accept the circumstance. Didn't accept what her body was telling her. She accepted what the Lord that he's the healer. He's the releaser. He's the one that, in fact, works in and through us. And as she was coming, do you hear that? As she was coming, the Lord touched her. Too often we submit to the physical or whatever the case may be, the mental attacks, whatever they are, we submit to them and don't look unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our work. We don't have to accept even what our body's telling us. Because his word said, I sent him my word and healed them. And by the way, he hasn't stopped doing that. He's the same God that was the Jehovah Rapha in the Old Testament. Is the healer here. He told the blind man, put some mud on his eyes, just go wash. As we, he was walking, walking. He washed and they could see. Sometimes we have to step out on faith beyond our reason. Too many times this gets in the way of God's action. Because we 
great mentality. We say, well, this is so impossible. Last time I checked, he's the God of impossible. Is there anything, 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 anything too hard for me? How many believe there's nothing too hard for him? Nothing too hard for him. Nothing too hard for him. Bless your name, O oh God. You're the God that heals. You're the God that said about the boat. Well, I've been in that scripture in Matthew 14 for a while. And uh, today, that, that was in my heart, and I wasn't going to say anything. I was going to wait. Clark backs up sometimes. I know why he does. Uh, he waits sometimes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is going to do. Well, when, I, when I've been in that chapter uh, where he tells all of the disciples, after he's fed the thousands, and he tells all the disciples to get in the boat, and, uh, and, he, and they're doing, they're obeying his word. He says, get in the boat. They, they get in the boat. And, and Jesus goes up into that mountain to pray. And he's gone off to pray. And, you know, we go off, sometimes we go off to pray. Not always praying about ourselves. Jesus, you know, didn't, he didn't, we don't know exactly what he said in those mountains when he prayed. We only know the one part. We know that part that says, nevertheless, Father, not my will but your will be done. And that's what he wants in our lives. That's what he wants. He wants us to want his will, just his will to be done now. But anyhow, they, they get in the boat, and uh, and they're out to sea now, and it's tumultuous. It's, I'm saying that word wrong, but you know what I mean. It's really fast. And, and you know, and they're, they're in the boat, and Jesus comes walking by. Now, what is their first thoughts? He looks like a ghost. It's a, you know, it's a spirit. It's everything else. But Jesus, and sometimes it's everything else but the Lord, and we get everything else in our vision. And it's, but he, uh, Peter says, well, Lord, and I'm, I love Peter because he made some mistakes like we all do. But he also obeyed. And so he says, if, uh, if it's you, if it's you, he said, then command, no, command me, command me to come, command me to come on the water with you. Well, he says, come. Jesus only says, come. And that word, come, there's so much in every word that he has spoken. So he says, come. And when, when he comes, he gets out there. Now he's out there a while. We're out there in the world for a while. Some, sometimes we feel strong in the spirit, you know, and we just can keep going. And then there's other times we get weak. And all he wants us to say, Lord, help me. Lord, here I am. Lord, you know, whatever. But anyhow... So as, that, as he goes on, then he tells him to come. He starts walking. He starts with the water coming all over him. And he's frightened again. And he gets scared. And when he gets scared, he yells out, Lord, save me. Sometimes just small, small things, you know, we don't have to give God a sermon. He knows it all already. This morning, I didn't give him a sermon. I just kept coming and I just kept saying, I want to go. I didn't know why I wanted to go so bad, but I want to go. And um, so anyhow, he, he just right away, immediately, and it's always immediately with the Lord. We may not know it's done, but it's immediately. And immediately he stretched out that hand. And I don't know why, but that's very precious to me because of an experience I had as a young baby before I came to the Lord, even he took my hand. But he said he stretched out that hand, and immediately they were in the boat, 
but that storm still started, kept on until he was in the boat. I'm trying to say something really fast otherwise, but he was, they were in the boat and the sea calmed. And so that's the thing. As I even got in the car, you know, I was shaking and grabbed the wheel shaking. But as I kept moving,
specific here that the Lord wants to deliver them from a mindset of what they think that of themselves and um, there's someone who's under bondage in a pit that uh, needs to reach out and the Lord just wants you to know that you're loved today and and uh, you're you've been struggling for years with not feeling so great about yourself of who you are not loved or can't really I don't really know exactly what that feeling is but I just know there's someone here that the Lord's going to deliver you today of a mindset of how you see yourself how you look at yourself and there's healing for you today emotionally in your mind. It's in your mind. And the Lord wants to set you free. And so if, if that's you, if, if you're struggling with that, just come forward and, and we want to pray for you today. Amen.
Got a miracle.
know people have been touched today. Not because of me or those that prayed, but because two things. One, your faith in his power. His name. His name has been called upon the situation. Now walk like it's happened. That's called walking by faith. We don't walk by sight. We walk by what? Faith. I knew you knew the answer to that. That's why I asked. <laughs> so walking by faith is a matter of, God, my foot may still hurt, but you said I'm whole. My joints may hurt, but you said I'm whole. I may be attacked mentally by bad thoughts or by what people say, but you said I'm, I'm your beloved. You said you're my child. You said I, I am loved by you and you have purpose for me. See, what I love about the Lord is he doesn't have purpose for junk. He has purpose for people. How many are a child of God? You have purpose. You have purpose in Him. You have purpose in Him. And the enemy doesn't want you to do, do the purpose, fulfill the purpose. How many know that? So he's going to try to do anything he can, mentally or physically, to keep you from fulfilling God's purpose. The question is, are you going to let him or not? You're the answer to that. As far as I'm concerned, no, he's not. I have faith in the God that's prayed for you, the God that has touched you. <clears throat> he ever makes intercession for us, whether we're physically putting our hands on you or not, he's making intercession for you. He never quits. You're always being held before the throne room of God. Well, and if you're before the throne room of God, then Satan can't touch you unless you allow it by accepting what he's doing or accepting what he's saying. I know that sounds too simple, but I'm afraid we try to make it too complicated. He said, just believe in me. Believe in me. According to your faith, be it unto you. You can pray this like, like I do. Say, Lord, increase my faith. You know what he does? He puts something impossible in front of me. Yeah. Well, he had enough of faith to step out because he stepped out on the word come. But then he let circumstance, the waves and so forth going on, diminish that and say, oh, you know, oh, I need saving. Now, all, you're, all you need to do is continue to walk in that word. But God, out of his graciousness, when he began to sink, it took hold of him. Save me. All we need to do is say, Lord, save me in this situation. Come by 
come by my side. Come be my deliverer. We have not because we ask not. But we ask in this. When we ask according to his will, we're always asking according to what he wants to do. And his will is he wants to heal us. Blessed be his name. moment you have faith and believe that the Lord moved. <clears throat> Come tomorrow morning at 7 o'clock when you get out of bed and that need that you got prayed for is like, oh, locked up, locked up. We can't allow doubt to come in, try to steal what the Lord has already done. We step out in faith again and say, Lord, I thank you for my healing. Even though maybe my bones or my joints or whatever don't feel like it right at this moment, I thank you for the work you've already done. And continue. I'm a firm believer. We don't have to keep on asking the Lord for whatever it is, for healing, for whatever it is. We've already made our petitions known. From then on, we can just say, thank you, Lord, and rejoice and exalt him for what he's done. So I encourage you this week, because you will... There will be a time where a little whisper of doubt will try to come in. You can cast down that voice in the name of Jesus and say, Satan, you're a liar. I stand on the word that Jesus Christ already said I was healed. Aren't you glad we can have that assurance and rejoice in that? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your healing today. We thank you, Lord, that you've already moved. We thank you, Lord, that you touched lives, not only physically, Lord, but also emotionally. Lord, we ask that even right now as you're just bringing repair to those broken hearts, oh God, Lord, that you work your perfect work. We're so grateful that we can come and turn to you, oh God. Lord, we thank you that those that were here today came for an appointed time. Even some that walked in, even the exact moment that they were called forth for prayer, Lord, we're so grateful that the timing that yours is all, your timing is always perfect. We're so grateful that we came today to come and to worship you. Lord, we came to give to you, but you gave us so much back in return. Lord, we're so grateful. I'm not quite sure how that always works, but I'm assured that I know that it does. When we come to pour out ourselves before you, Lord, we leave more full than we came. So grateful. 
so grateful for this people who are hungry after you. What a blessing it is, Lord, to be in the midst of a family that desires all that you have. So grateful for each and every family here today, oh God. We thank you for all that you're doing, working in each life. We thank you you're on the throne. You're not shaken by what goes on in this world. We thank you for your provision, even when the cupboards are, are lean. Lord, we thank you for your protection, even for things we don't see. Lord, we thank you for your miracles that you wrought today. Lord, cause us to be careful to continually give you praise. We love you today. We do love you today. You alone are worthy. Worthy of all praise. We exalt you, O God. High above the heavens. Your name, Jesus, that every knee shall bow, every tongue confess that you are Lord. The mighty name of Jesus Christ. Worthy art you, O God. Lord, we give you praise today. We exalt your name. You are worthy. You're holy. You are holy. Why don't you stand with me? Let's give the Lord a hand. Yea, God, we're so grateful for you, O God. I just want to say one thing about the picnic. just want to say thank you. I had many people, I know I post some things on Facebook or whatever, but not everybody sees that. If I had laid out the day and mapped it out and said this would be the perfect Sunday and culminate with our bonfire, it would have looked exactly like that. And would not have been able to happen if it wasn't for you. All that prepared the food and and helped and set things up, and my PowerPoint that I put together, I always put together this really ugly thing, and then I just send it over to Dre and say, make this look good. Everything that went on, those that cleaned when some of us were in the front just hanging out, didn't even know you were cleaning, you cleaned for a really long time, we're so grateful, all that you did, and it's a testament of the love of the Lord that you have. It was shown to those, those guests that we have. So thankful. My, my boss, uh, he and his little girl, they had to leave because his wife was sick. But he said, that was awesome. So I just pray that the Lord continues just to sow seeds in his life because he doesn't know the Lord at all. 